With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing. Hitting the bell icon so you made it any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest. Now, today's guest, I think, is the furthest from, uh, well, the furthest from Hornchurch I, I've been to on this on this journey so far. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, my, um, my eyes are a bit red because it's quite late at night here and, and it's very early in the morning over there. Um, but it's Angus Walter. How are we doing? How are you doing, man? You all right? I'm good. Thank you, Ross. Yourself? I'm not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. Um, we're good. filming this uh, Friday night, Friday night UK time, so Saturday morning in Perth. Um, was it about seven o'clock in Perth? It is. It's literally just about to tick over seven. So up early, ready to go. Perfect start to the day. That's good. Well, you've got no West Ham, so you've got no late night, four o'clock in the morning, watch along to do at least this weekend. Exactly. Um, yeah, although, although the stop the stockport game, if you didn't do that, that's that's gonna be quite a tough one for you guys. It's gonna be a four AM again, so don't think my parents will be too happy, but what can you do? Yeah, you just need to invest in some good soundproofing for the bedroom. She's not a bad exactly. thing for life, really, to be honest, thinking about it and you know, get further yeah. down the line. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's I think we, we spoke this afternoon, um and it, it was about something ridiculous, like forty degrees there at the moment, isn't it? So it is. It was. It was forty-two yesterday. So one of those days where I think we'd probably both settle for middle ground. I know I would. I'd. I'd. Ha- I'd have a twenty-degree day over this at the moment. So it's oh. just. It's a bit ridiculous, to be fair. Yeah. We'd have a twenty-degree day. It's uh, at the time of at the time of recording. I think it's about. Well, it's bloody cold. I know that is today. It will be one degrees probably. Yeah, one could go to minus what? It could be between anything between one and minus what? No, it is zero. It is zero mental zero degrees isn't it crazy how how the world just is just considering just one bit of i haven't had a drink or anything but considering it's always one country one sort of big you know world how the, the time it's just 40 40 degrees there it's you know other side of the world it's zero it's oh 
Yeah, and yet here we are talking to each other. <laughs> exactly, and here we are talking to each other about West Ham. That's what I mean. This funny little club in East London, joining so many different people. But uh, the boys are doing all right at the moment, aren't they? All things considering, we are. I mean, if if you, you asked, you know, you told me that we're what sitting tenth at the start of the season. I would have taken that yeah. over anything because, to be honest, I, I think most of us were quite quite worried about how most of this season was going to unfold. Um, obviously, lost a couple of of um, star players. Dan Garner, obviously, not not great to see him go. So yeah, perfect. And and you know, especially if you told me that Arsenal was, was sitting below West Ham at this stage in the season, um, I would have bitten your hand off for this. Funny old season. It's one of those funny old seasons. You get them every every sort of four or five seasons. It's obviously the last one would have been probably the last one at the Bowling when Leicester won. Leicester, the league. yeah. You know, and and so we've had a bit of bit of normality and now this one's just throwing everything into the into the mixer but um yes 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 and obviously soon we've got the uh we've got we've got the old boys returning haven't we uh west brom snoddy dean garner and big sam um, we do. <laughs> yeah i think i think with snoddy going over there now i think i'm starting to think boy it would be fitting if they came and came and beat us with you know big sam grady snods so yeah, yeah. should be it's interesting gonna- it's weird, isn't it, when that always happens? We had, um, like, even when we speak to ex-players and they'd moved from one club to West Ham, I think it was David Cross. And, and when he moved to West Ham, he was playing, I think it was West Brom, he was playing West Brom that, like, the, the first game he, he joined us. And so it must be weird, like, you know, Snoddy, probably his first proper game, well, we might play the cup or whatever, but um, will be will possibly be the West Ham game. And it's just uh, yeah. funny, isn't it, how it all just how it all pans out. But, uh, no, good luck to Snoddy. Big Definitely, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things as well, thinking about it retrospectively afterwards. It's a shame he's gone, but, um, you know, it frees up a bit of a bit of, uh, a bit of wages, I think. And if it means that we can give one of the kids a bit of a his, his place in the, on the bench or whatever, then more for that, more for that. 100%. Because, you know, yeah, yeah, he's come to the end, bless him. But, uh, no, yeah, and apart from that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got Stockport in the cup. I'm feeling quite confident, actually. Um, yeah. For a long that, time. I mean... Like, yeah, uh, that should be a great game to watch as well. Hopefully, you know, maybe we see a bit of Odebeku and, yeah, just, just one of those games where hopefully we can sit back and enjoy 90 minutes of football knowing that it should be relatively easy to, <laughs> to get a win against a non-league team. Knowing West Ham, though, it, you know, we'll either take it to penalties or, or lose that game. So we'll see. Yeah, or, or we'll ground in a, like a 1-0 one nil, one nil victory. Yeah. Oh, like the, like the 78th minute or something. We'll, we'll yeah, score exactly. it'll be like, oh, it'll be like, it'll come off someone's arse or something like that. It'll be a really sort of <laughs> yeah. crappy goal. He's like, yeah, it's Premier League class. No, but I, this, it's a different team now. It's a different team. It's a different West Ham. That's the way yeah. I look at it now. Yeah, it is, 100%. I think David Moyes, full credit to him, the... The signings that he's brought in as well, in particular Vladimir Sufal, and um, you know, if you if you think about someone like Thomas Suchek as well, they're both almost Mister Consistence. Mm. You know, they they put in that hard work, and you know what you're going to get from them week in week out. And I think yeah. that really helps. The we we've been begging for consistency over the course of the last couple of seasons because it's it's very West Ham like to to go and beat Arsenal and then lose to you know, a, a Hull or a West Brom the next week. Um, yes. So to to go and, you know, be putting in consistent performances and then to be getting somewhat of consistent results, um, I think is a, a great change. And, and oh, yeah, exactly. full credit to David Moyes. Yeah, totally. And obviously Thomas is up for the, the play of the month for December and, 
you know, too right. You know what I mean? He probably won't win because he's he's he plays for West Ham and he's not a glamorous exactly. club. But, um, good on him, you know. And uh, I think he put a little thing on Twitter saying, you know, where if if I could be one, you know, because he's only been here, you know, a little over a year now, isn't it? Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. January transfer yeah. him last year. So, um, yeah, it's just as you said, it's, it's consistency and. You know what you're going to get. You're right. It's uh, they're like Ron Sill. It's written on the tin, um, and yeah, and it's just it's an exciting time to be a West Ham fan, particularly for me. You know, seeing lots of these sort of uh, eras. I think eras of managers, eras of, of players, and this one's a really exciting one because it's a bit like the old old days where they played a bit like a, with a team. There was a team ethic. There weren't eleven individuals. Um, 11 good players, but they just couldn't play together. This one's a team, and you can see that in, in they uh, in how they play, in, in how all those little behind the scenes vignettes the club does as well. Um, they seem to be a good, a good atmosphere there, and it's nice. It's nice, it's nice to see it that, is. you know. Um, yeah, we'll just hopefully whoever they bring in in January, if they do, just doesn't you know upset the apple cart. I yeah, I mean, you said it. You said it yourself in terms of the league as well. It's it's one of those perfect seasons where you know you you win a couple of games on the bounce, and, and we could find ourselves in that top four, top six. You know, I think it's it's incredibly close. I think you know Leicester, Tottenham on the same amount of points. You've got mm-hmm. United and and Liverpool on the same amount of points. So really, the the gap to to that top four isn't isn't a lot, and it's incredibly tight with us at the moment. You know. Yeah, looking up the table, I think we're on we're on par with with five other teams or, or four other teams. So just we just need a couple of results to to snatch a, a really good Europe spot at the end of the season. But um, obviously a lot of if, if buts and maybes in there, and we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. We have to wait and see, and that's I you know I mean. You know, if the season finished tomorrow and we finish tenth, um, you know, I'll be chuffed. Based on yeah. you know the other the last few seasons where it's been a bit squeaky bum time, um, yeah. yeah. As soon as we get that, you know, it's it's funny. I said it before, you know, you know, at West Hamness in us, you know, we're twenty six points, we're tenth, and the first thing someone says will be like fourteen points to go. It's not fourteen yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Half a season, see how far we can go. But it's yeah. that first man, <laughs> that first sort of like you know that gets that that point, the forty points, and then we can look up and see where we can finish. But uh, yeah, no, it's all good, man. And I think, you know, and I think uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Obviously, no fans around typically. We, the, the team are playing well. But, look, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, if, if, there's, if there's no fans there and as long as the team are doing well, they're, they're all right. I'm all right with that. Do you know what I mean? I'm all right if if no yeah. fans being there for the team. Last time they were in there, we lost 3-1. So, you know, it's uh, it's a typical West Ham thing. But let's get that 40 points. Let's have a good, a good cup run. And I think I'll be happy in the season. I'll do yeah. really a couple of, couple of tenth positions for the next couple of seasons just to build stuff. Um, Again, the the cup run as well, you know, a, a great potentially, mm. you know, good cup run. You think about the Villa-Liverpool game is 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 up in the air and I think you'll find a lot of teams will, will struggle with with COVID-related stuff and, and the potential is that many teams will put out under-18s, under-23 sides yeah. if, they're, if they're struggling. So, you know, to... Yeah, Obviously, our squad is is um, 
you know, it's not the biggest thing and we're, we're losing numbers at the moment. Let's hope we, we can invest and get something in, in this month. But, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a good second side as well. You yeah. think about some of the quality on the bench. So we could put out a very decent team and, and go a long way in the FA Cup. Yeah. So that's that's just wait and see I how mean, we yeah. do. I mean, the boys, the boys did well, you know, in the, in the Carabao Cup, the first couple of rounds, you know, Holland and Charlton, you know, putting very good performances against those two teams. Um they had a guy. We had a guy up front called. Um, I don't remember his name. Was Sebastian Haller? He scored a few goals. I think. Um, I don't know yeah, what happened he, to him. He's um, the one that plays for Ajax now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he moved to Ajax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it was Ajax's record signing. I think or something like that. Mentally. Wow. Um, yeah. I, can't, I don't know what ever happened to him. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, I think yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, it's one of those things where I think any team that takes it half seriously this season, the FA Cup, they're going to go very far because as you say, it's a funny old season. The FA have already said if you can't put a t- team out, you know you're out. So you're going to have yeah. like like tonight, as you said, we had the the Villa Liverpool game. It was four one to Liverpool, um, and they didn't break stride to be honest. And yeah. it was full of like twenty. I think even the under twenty three coach was the manager and uh, took the took the sides instead of Dean Smith. So it's all a bit crazy, but yeah, the team that the team that has a go and really tries is going to be. Uh, is going to really make a big effort. But uh, apart from West Ham, Angus, how are you? How is everything over there in this crazy world we live in at the moment for you? I'm good. And to be fair, where I live in, in Perth, Western Australia, we've had a really good COVID run. Mm. Um, you know, we're in lockdown a tiny bit in probably April, June, and we, we've really escaped the, the brunt of it for now. Yeah. I think the rest of Australia has, has had it quite tough, obviously not as tough as the UK and America and, and you know, the likes. But... I think Melbourne kind of went through a second phase where they were in lockdown. Brisbane now, they had a case yesterday and they've announced a three-day lockdown. So it's one of those things where we're doing well at the moment and it's quite easy for me to, um, to you know, go and live my yeah. normal life. I mean, clubs are back up and running. They've been up and running for, for ages now. And so, you know, with the exception of social distancing here and there, we, we've, we've got it virtually back to normal. But all it takes is one case. We've still got a hard border. My dad's a pilot, so it's um, it's frustrating for him at times. But um, happy for now, happy for now. Yeah, and I think actually the way Australia and New Zealand, I think, have both dealt with it is, you know, hard borders. As soon, you know, it was, as soon as a handful of cases really came up, that was it. You know, shutters were yeah. shut. That thing where, you know, I think others, particularly Europe and obviously the UK and the US, it was a little bit less. You know, it was until they sort of they got up to a certain number by then it already migrated and you know so it's actually the australian way of handling it and the new zealand way and it seems to have well seems to have at least curtailed it a little bit considering uh considering other countries but uh yeah now my, my friend she, she she lives in new zealand at the moment she moved back and uh yeah she's like living a normal life really and it's yeah. it's, it's fucking hell typical absolutely yeah. typical but you know 42 degrees or 40 degrees and uh not having to wear a mask everywhere which is uh which is fantastic but uh it's what yeah, it is isn't it? It it's is. what it is everyone has it, it differently is. everyone has it differently don't we I mean, we, we don't get the bushfires here you know exactly. so yeah we you know never take it away so yeah 2020 altogether i think i think for majority of people regardless of where you live was a bit of a, a shocker obviously yeah to be fair the bushfires thing someone brought it up with me a couple of weeks ago and i was actually in melbourne for and and, and you know victoria when it was starting up and and it was yeah. getting quite serious and i don't even remember that to be fair just because of the year that it's been yeah. 
it's just it's one of those things where it feels absolutely ages ago but if you if you think about that and you think about the rest of the way that the years panned out obviously um, not ideal and it's looking like the first six months of this year will be quite tough for many but yeah. let's just hope that we yeah. you know get out yeah. of it together and happy i think so i think yeah i think in the uk i, I you know i've got um, i think easter by easter i think things will have some not back to normal because i don't think you're ever going to be back to normal i think normal is going to be what we how we live in going forward we'll never get back to where we were before because i just think it was um it, it will take too long to you know to get that but i think you know easter time um it'll be all right oh we get very deep at these things sometimes in these, in these yeah but, but why not because it's, everyone's thinking about it it's everyone's mind and everything but you know um although you know 2020 weren't a bad year for west ham hasn't been a bad year no. for west ham. so definitely not yeah definitely not definitely could you imagine if west ham had an absolute shit season at the moment and everything else that's going on twitter would implode um the west ham way and all, all west ham fan tv and you know and irons united and all they'd be imploding wouldn't they they'd be imploding with depression yeah. and loads of people slagging it everyone off but um at least west ham are keeping a sort of some sort of sanity um, i mean yeah just very quickly you think about a team like sheffield united last yeah. time there were fans at bramall lane they were absolutely flying in the league and it looks like the next time that there'll be fans at bramall lane they'll be in the championship yeah. so it's just one of those things where you, you count your lucky stars in terms of west ham and and the run that we had at the end of last season and thankfully we're flying now as well so very definitely true. a positive Same it's a cool. very west ham it's very west ham to, to almost add to the woes um yes. but it seems like if anything they're the positive light at the moment so yeah, it's very it true sure. It's very true. I mean, it's like Bournemouth fans. It's like West Brom fans. West Brom fans could quite easily see themselves, you know, uh, being promoted and relegated and uh, never seen any of that this season. Yeah, they probably yeah. won't see any of that this season. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's meant when you think about it. And um, I still have this, and I haven't done the maths, and I should do the maths, that the league positions are, you know, at the moment, there's a sort of um, one of the big variables is stadiums. That's my view. And that's why the league so like it is at the moment. So you look at the teams at the bottom, as you said, West, we always said West Brom, we said Sheffield United, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, all all sort of very tight ground, maybe not Brighton, but still like a, a tightish ground, all very, you know, yeah. used to having the fans and the fans play that sort of 12th man role. Everyone near the top, Tottenham, da, 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 Leicester, massive, massive stadiums. So, you know, it doesn't make a difference. You know, they're not using that in intimidating factor. And so, uh, no, I think there's uh, there's something in that for sure. But uh, no, it is what it is. Um, anyway, first question, 17 minutes into the interview. Um, I'm getting a bit better with that, actually, to be honest. Um, <laughs> first question is, um, now, I'm not detecting a Cockney twang in your accent, Angus. Uh, and also, I'm, we're dialing in from Perth. So why the hell are you a West Ham fan? So a bit of a, probably not the, the traditional story. I mean, it, it doesn't run in my family or anything. I've always been a football fan. I think my parents and, and you know, my family all together definitely aren't football fans, but I've got a bit of Danish heritage in me. My grandmother's Danish and that probably brought in football from, from quite a young age. And, you know, it was just a, a soccer ball kicking around in, in the backyard and, you know, went and started playing at a young age. And, and so I've always loved the Premier League. I've always watched um, I've always loved following um, football in general. West Ham, when I moved to, to Perth in, in high school, so at the start of high school, it would have been six, seven years ago, 
you know, made friends with with the likes of football fans. And, and you know, you get a lot of Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Man United's. Sure. My two best friends are Arsenal fans and, and Man United fans. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, they're not the ones to, to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever and, and support their team. And they'll just take the win, they'll wake up, they'll check the result and, and run with it. And it sort of sort of got me all worked up, you know, seeing seeing the the run that they have and um, you know, it always seems to be happy days for them. So I decided that I was gonna really get into it and, and pick a club. And um so some of the influences in my life at, at the time were the likes of Spencer Owen and um, you know, all, all West Ham fans, Jack Mate, West Ham fan. And so, you know, it I can't exactly remember the point where I picked West Ham, yeah. but you know, it, it's perfect. London underdog team, um, you know, someone that I just naturally kind of um, picked up quite a, a strong liking to. So at the start of the, it was probably the the second last season at the bowling, halfway through the season, I started watching. Mm. Um, not exactly, um, you know, wholeheartedly. I was, I was watching games here and there. Yeah. And then the, the start of the 15-16 campaign, I, I don't think I've missed a Premier League game since then with the exception of school camp. So, you know, I've been watching, I've been been everywhere from Melbourne to, to New York following along and um, it's been a great run and it provides that great conversation with my friends. And, yeah, sure enough, after six months, a year with the, the community on Twitter and whatnot, it, yeah. I really became immersed in it and, I'm, I'm you know, a massive West Ham fan. It's a massive part of my life. Um, and you know, I, I live, breathe West Ham. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. No, I love it. It's, no, and, and that's why that's why I love like doing this because everyone has a slightly different story. And yeah, for some people, it is the traditional. Oh, my dad was a West Ham fan. I become a West But you know, for someone like yourself, um, and actually, it's 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 a similar story in some respects to listen to talk to other um, other foreign fans in terms of you know the guys that are like the Fresno Irons or. I don't know, uh, the Indian Hammers and stuff like that, where literally they've picked West Ham is the team they've picked. And it's like, really? You know, like, come yeah. on, come on. You picked West Ham. I mean, you know, poor, those, your poor Arsenal and Man United friends. I mean, God, you know, you know, when they're like moaning that they were fifth, that Arsenal were like 15th in the in the league, we were like, oh my God, I would, you know, I'd beat your hand off being 15th. Perfect. I was absolutely um, loving it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. It's so funny. And, and as you said, watching that Arsenal fan TV implode is just hilarious and stuff. But, um, but no, it's just a great, as you said, you know, yeah, obviously Spence and obviously Jack's on being on the, on the channel and, you know, he pops in the live streams occasionally. So you make sure everyone watches them. God bless him. But no, it's lovely to see how, you know, the the influence of, of people like that has drawn you into West Ham. And obviously then once you're in, you're in, aren't you really? As you said, you get into this, this Twitter bubble and the YouTube bubble. And obviously you do the, the watch alongs with, with Corey and stuff on the West Ham way. Um, which in itself is an accolade for you because, as you said, get up at 4.30 in the morning and then having to sit in front of a screen and, and watch West Ham, let alone, you know, just on your Todd. Um, but actually watching yeah. it with 200 people there is, uh, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do, let alone when it's normal time, let alone silly clock in the morning for you and yeah, you know, your parents around so you can't get too enthusiastic because you wake them up. They won't be it's, too happy with you. It's one of those <laughs> things, though, very quickly, I... Like you said, as soon as you're immersed, you're immersed. So yeah. in particular, the start of the 15-16 campaign, that watching West Ham, I remember watching my first game on, on um, TV here. We we had it for the, the season. It was on Foxtel in Australia, which is a, a kind of um, 
subscription set top yeah. box that that we have the equivalent of i would, I would imagine bt yeah um good. yeah so we we had it for the year and um you know i watched every every game and the the first game against arsenal at the emirates where we went and beat them 2-0 with with mauro and kiate um you know that was it for me that was as soon as i watched that game i was a west ham fan mm. um another thing to mention as well i loved the colors as well claret and blue always always stood yeah. out to me that away kit that year as well was was one of my all-time favorites um but yeah as soon as as soon as that happened i was i was a west ham fan and the the incredibly special atmosphere of that last season at the Bolin as well just drew me in straight away um and yeah west ham fan for yeah. for life now and it's a, and you're right the colors as well it's it's funny we had um and actually this will go out after we've interviewed him so we interviewed paul mcginley the Ryder cup captain um well the 2014 Ryder cup captain um and he's, he's won it loads of times himself as a player but i asked him because he's irish and i was like you know why west ham and and for him it was it was the first game he saw was the 1975 cup final and it was fulham against west ham but it was the first game he saw in color and obviously fulham were in white and West Ham were in claret and blue. So it was like, I yeah. saw that one because it's in colour, you know, and it's just like yeah. that sort of, you know, what is it, God, like 40, 50 years on, you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy when like little things like that or someone I've interviewed, they said, oh, I think it was actually, it might have been Jack's dad, actually, one of you, Jack's dad. He said it was a 1980 FA Cup final and he looked up and he said, I'll support that one. And it was West Ham. And then that sort of, started his west ham career yeah, and then and Jack as well so, family yeah yeah and it's funny and it, like now you know when you have kids and and then you know there's you probably pass on the the disease as 100%. well to them. Um, exactly yeah and that's the way that's the way it works but no it's lovely man it's lovely to to hear different stories and that's uh and also it's nice to have someone on the channel who's a relatively you know inexperienced fan we'll say that an experienced west ham fan i mean you, you've, you've seen the highs and lows already but you know you haven't been like worn down uh exactly yeah so many so many years uh, of woe i mean regardless i'd be following west ham obviously but um you know and you pick up on the stories as well you yeah. you know I'm, i've become you know well equipped with with the knowledge of of the last couple of decades but yeah, exactly. Um, you know, all my memories have come from the last six, seven years, and that'll be reflected in my team today, ultimately. But um, awesome. yeah, it's it's you know my my best memories of literally of West Ham have been over the last six, seven years, yeah. um, and that last season at the Bowling in particular, just such a, a special memory, and it being my first season, I pretty much I thought was was quite unique. Yeah, definitely, very unique. And as you said, it, we've. You know, someone like someone like Dennis around with the uh, the West Ham way. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, I, was, I was waiting for when he was going to get a mention. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a mention every time now. I interview someone from the West Ham way because, yeah, an hour and forty minutes. I mean, you know, you haven't had your breakfast yet, mate. I don't. But you know, it's not going to be an hour and forty minutes this one today. But <laughs> yes, um, he would he would help you with your education of West Ham. That's for sure. Um, does, yeah, for sure. Him, yes, and that's what I love. There's there's all I love. There's like it's like that cross section you get some really old like fan experienced fans you get some fans like like dennis who are really sort of clued up in that you know just just like the stats and things like that and you get yeah. guys like yourselves who are relatively new to west ham and it's just this lovely quote because it means everyone's got different opinions and stuff and, and and no one's right no one's wrong um 
it's but it's it, football is about opinions and if someone says one thing yeah i said on twitter or or when you're doing your watch alongs you'll say something and someone will make a comment and disagree with you that's all about football and i think that's that's great because i just like i love the fact that there's no right or wrong even with var it doesn't seem to be yeah. a right or wrong answer so it's uh no, it's uh, it's all part and parcel of what why people love football, really, isn't it? Because that, that is that is it. That is supporting football. I think yeah. that is arguably the best bit of it. The community, the conversations. That ultimately is is why I I do the watch alongs and the the fans' voice on on the West Ham way because I and I've met some tremendous people over the last couple of months. I've only been doing it for for I think three months now. Um, yeah. but you, yeah, you think about Corey, Dennis, Charles, um, and then the the guys on the fans' voice. It's um, you know. Bill, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, Ollie, it's just to have well, conversations yeah. with them about West Ham, yeah, and um, to have conversations with other fans about VAR when you know they've netted a, a goal in the last last minute and it turns out to be handball, and and you know it's the worst thing in the world, or they yeah. you know get a penalty kind of allowed, or especially if you're a Man United fan, and it's the best thing ever yeah. to have those conversations and those opinions. Um, you know, I could talk about football twenty four seven. I think most people could, and that that is the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. You're totally right. You're totally right. And and actually, you know, everyone I've had on the channel, whether it is, uh, whether it's a fat, you know, like a not a normal fan, but someone who's not involved in YouTube or or one of you, the YouTube guys or any of the guys from West Ham Way or or I don't know the Hammers Chat guys or whatever. Everyone is just sound. Everyone's such a nice bloke, and 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 it's just lovely to. It is a. I mean, I'm I'm relatively new in the community as well. I mean, we only started this channel up in in May, I think May or June, something like that. Um, I think it's May, and yeah, I've been fully embraced into the community. Um, and you know, we we wouldn't. I, mean, I think literally now, I think we're literally we're over something ridiculous, like nine thousand subscribers now, which is mental. Um, yeah. someone mentioned it just to me about five minutes ago before we came on. Uh, nine thousand, nine thousand and thirty-eight. Woohoo! Get in there. Get in road there. to ten k. Yeah, the road. Then to get 10K. the merch out. Yeah, exactly. The merch is coming out when it's ten k. There we go. But yeah, no, it's 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 lovely. As you said, it's it's nice because you meet new people virtually. I mean, I haven't met any of them really, like physically. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, same, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, obviously for you, I've met anyone. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only one I met, the only person I've probably met since, was was Jack. And literally, we probably saw each other about for about ten seconds at the Man United game because obviously yeah. they were doing. He's doing the what he was doing the uh, live from London Stadium with him and Chris and 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 Colton and I think Ginger was doing it. And and I literally like walked past him now, and I, so I was I had to like dash to the toilet and back up. And I was like, Jack, are you all right? How you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so yeah, that was it. That, that's the only iteration we've had, <laughs> physical yeah. iteration. Uh, it's it's crazy how how you sort of. But it's a new world, isn't it? It's especially for you guys, especially for you. You know, obviously, you do meet everyone virtually, um, and that's probably how you meet a lot of people for a long time until. You know, you come over here or they go over there. So uh, exactly, it's, uh, it's the world we live in now, unfortunately. Um, right, let's talk about your 11. I'm going to go and pick my pen lid up quickly. That was exciting. Um, my chair made a little squeak as well. Um, so as I said, with the, with the 11, um, you can pick whoever you want, whatever criteria you want, because the only rule is you have to be alive to a season and play. You, you said it's probably going to, I mean, for you, you're probably a fan from yeah, since 2015 onwards. So probably the last six or seven years are going to be that your players, which is cool. It is. It is. It is. And that's good because actually, um, I think it's important to give people a, you know, sort of the relatively new 
your newer players. I mean, you have probably a few which others pick, but actually it tends to be the older players that are picked anyway. So I think actually it's good to shine a spotlight on on some on some favourite players from the last seven years. You know, thinking actually, you know, when all's said and done, we've had we've had some good players come through our doors. Um, we have, we have. Um, right, let's start in goal. Who's in goal for the Walters eleven? All right, so we'll start off very quickly by saying some of these are, are just on, um, you know, kind of their their performances all together, and, and some are just individual memories. Yeah. So on goal, I've gone for for Adrian. Um, now I think probably Fabianski, if you you look at it over the course of the last five six years, is is probably the one over, um, you know, yeah. performances in particular yeah. is penalty saves that you'd put in. But Adrian, for me, just because of the memories. Um, you know, especially now that he's moved to Liverpool and he probably isn't isn't cutting it quite as well. He's not um, as receptive with the fans. It almost, obviously, I want him to do well, but it does give you that sense of he's a West Ham player. Yeah. yeah and at the end of the day, he spent majority of his career at West Ham. Um, and memories for me, I mean, there's loads with him. He, he was quite an action-packed player. But the one for me was the Everton penalty in the FA Cup at the bowling. Um I remember watching that that whole penalty shootout and the the whole Joel Robles drama as well with the um, you know he was giving giving our players a bit of stick and Adrian was giving it back and suddenly to come out on top and and do it the way that he did it as well take the gloves off and yeah. and and be like I'm putting this straight in and and to do it and to celebrate in front of the fans I think was amazing um, yeah just a just a West Ham type of player I think yeah. you know loved by the fans. Again, a couple of you know, it had a, a quite an exciting time with us. You know, a couple of couple of mistakes as you do, a couple of red cards as well. Um, but just someone that um, was quite likable off the pitch as well. Yeah, um, very much so. It seems seems like quite a nice guy, and um, yeah, so he's in there for me. Fabianski yeah. as well. You know, obviously tremendous. But at the end of the day, he's done it before at Swansea, and and you know he'll probably do it again once he leaves yeah. West Ham. Yeah. Whereas Adrian, you know, was with us for for a couple of years and. Um, you know, was our, our number one keeper for a lot of that time. He was, he was. And and I've always had that sort of, you know, that sliding doors moment. And obviously with that Everton game, you know, it was it was obviously so sort of iconic, really, you're doing that, you know, like mic drop type thing. Could you imagine if you actually missed it? Wouldn't have been great. I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to know how the rest of that... Goalkeepers can't, can't put their gloves on properly. They have to get someone else to put their gloves on because obviously they, it's usually so tight, and so you'd have to get like Mark Noble to put his gloves back on or something. It'd be terribly embarrassing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he was just, it was, it was that sort of crazy goalkeeper which we used. We had little for a while. We had some crazy goalkeepers, um, and like people like Bernard Lamar, um, sort of the mid in this sort of late two early two thousands, um, so those days sort of mid two mid nineties. Um, yeah, we had some crazy crazy goalkeepers then. Um, a lot of sort of lone goalkeepers after Ludo until maybe Robert Green came along. Um, and yeah, Adrian was pretty much in that mould. That's for sure. Um, right, we'll put him in goal. Okay. You go for the team as you've got them written down, Angus, or are you going to go for a man? You go sure. For... All right. Well, I'll go to, to left back now. Sure. Um, I've gone with Cress. Yeah. I think, to be fair, for me, it's a, a bit of a no-brainer because no one else has, has played left back pretty much over, over my time. Obviously, <laughs> you've got um, you've got Arthur there. But as a traditional left back and, um, you know, someone that, that is just there season in, season out, he, he's the obvious pick. Um I think probably we've we've come to learn that maybe he's better in a in a back five as a, a left sided centre back. 
Yep. Um, but the beauty of it is, you know, he was an England caps player. Um, obviously, it was only only one cap, but Still caps. the individual, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, that was off his performances as a left back as yeah. a West Ham player. And yeah, the the last season at the Bowling, he was he was great. The season before, he was amazing as well. Um, and you think about some of the individual memories. I remember the goal against Leicester and the the two all draw at the King Power Stadium. Um, mm. You know, in that season, the last season at the Bowling, which they. Obviously, Leicester went on to win the t- title. I think no, we're down to ten men. Jamie Vardy got got sent off for simulation mm-hmm. or, or something like that. So it was one of those games. Yeah, and I remember him sticking at top bins, and you know we went two up, two one up in in like the eighty fifth minute. A beautiful goal. Obviously, went on to to concede a late penalty. But if you think about the Chelsea goal last season, um, and the United free kick, those are the three mm-hmm. memories for me of Crest that are just stand out. And um, yeah, someone that. That individually is is a solid left back, but in terms of the the one off fifteen seconds of brilliance, I think he's he also slots in there for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. He's had this sort of renaissance, hasn't he? Really, um, with Moyes going back into the back three, and um, yeah, it's just like with Cress. It's like you know, I mean, to be honest, you know, he had like on, on match of the day, you had people like Gary Lineker suggesting you know an england call up again if, if if southgate plays a back three and it's like really surely we got better at left center backs on aaron cresswell bless him but he's brilliant yeah. and his delivery i mean obviously with snod going you know um his deliveries and his his, his you know his corners and, and free kicks into the box and his crossing into the box is going to be even more needed now because you know obviously that we've got we've lost a, a a massive well he wasn't really playing much this season but he was uh a fantastic dead ball situation uh in terms of uh snoddies but uh no Cress is um and he's getting the goal and he's getting the assists and you know he's, he's a good yeah. one to get in the old fantasy football league he's a good one in the old fantasy football league because we don't concede many and uh and he's always involved in, a, in, in an assist usually one, once a game or something ridiculous like that at the moment so yep totally agree All right yeah. Chris is in He's had a, a tremendous season so far as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um one of those things where we've seen a revival and, um, you know, he's, he's helping out the team tremendously as well. Definitely. Right. Go on, then. who's next? Who's next, Angus? All right, he's left-sided centre-back. I've gone for Angelo Bonner. So, again, one that one that has, has literally been there since since I started watching West Ham. Um, tremendous character off the pitch and also a rock in defence. Yeah. Um, again, individually, some of some of the goals he scored, the FA Cup against Liverpool final year at the at the Bowling, that's Ooh. one that stands out for me. But he's just a, probably a, a hammer of the year. In fact, an easy hammer of the year contender for me at the moment, and, and for majority of us. Great mm-hmm. game against Everton, and, and again, he's just cutting it in week in week out. Um, tremendous performances, and someone that has again seen a bit of a revival. You know, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't in that team for a bit with, with Diop and Balbuena being that back too, mm. but it's just come in and has been so perfect for us. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a no-brainer as well. Well, I do say no-brainer. There is one that is harsh to miss out as I name my, my right-sided centre-back because we have had some good good ones over the last five, six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Oggy has just been been there and, and um, cuts it in again week in, week out, tremendous performances. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it, again, he's like, I mean, I mean, last year, I think, obviously, he was very close to getting, he was second, wasn't he, hammer of the year, I think, um, to Deck. And, 
to be honest, yeah, I think it's going to be them two again, really. To be perfectly honest, maybe Suchek, um, potentially in that, and that's all in the running at the moment as well. But yeah, he's he just seems to like have matured so much as a player, and it's like, yeah, he was always had a mistake in him. He doesn't. He seemed to sort of has rubbed that bit of his game out again, and you know, to you know, as he got the Italian call up, but obviously we got injured, so he couldn't go. Um, I just think he's a great, as you said, off the pitch, he seems a lovely bloke as well. Um, but, yeah, though, he's just solid, isn't he? Just And, yeah, no one's going to get him out of the team. Do you know where Yeah, that's other? all you can ask for a centre-back. Exactly. Yeah. No, so, yeah, um, someone that, again, probably just gets in because without him this season, um, you know, obviously he's been with us for a number of years and, again, as I said, is it has been tremendous for us over the, the course of a number of seasons. But if you think about this this season alone, Without him, I think we'd be struggling. Obviously, yeah. we we saw a glimpse of of Diop when he came back into the team and ultimately gave away a goal. Yeah. Um, and so he's just that rock in defence for us at the moment and pivotal to our season and how it's panned out thus far. Yeah, no, I agreed. Okay, Oggy's in. So um, right side centre back, Craig Dawson. No, that's gone. Who is it? No, not indeed. This one was was the toughest pick, I think, going between Ginge and, and Winston Reid. I have gone for, for Winnie um, purely because I think to score the last goal at Upton Park, um, you know, is it, that is a memory that will be cherished by all West Ham fans. Um, and yeah, just just again individually, individual performances. That that last, you know, fifteen minutes is was one that will be remembered forever. And I think also, you know, coming from from my part of the world, essentially, obviously a New Zealander, but also does have the the Danish heritage in him course, as well. Yeah. Played for Michelin for a bit, um, and I think he's a citizen with with Denmark. So he could have picked between Denmark and New Zealand. Um, and yeah, so someone that that has come from from my part of the world and was just a rock for us as well, as particularly in that that last season at the bowling, but also came in clutch. In other games, you think about the goal against Millwall and stuff. So just someone that you really want for um, for moments of magic. I remember him scoring the the goal at at the London Stadium, the one outside the box where he's just literally 90th minute. He's just had a ping. Yeah. Um, it's kind of I, th- I think it came out to him from a corner, and we got three points from that game. Um, so just yeah, individual performances from him are, are ones that will be remembered by me for a long time. In particular, the the final goal at the bowling. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and you're right. He's one of those guys who's just when he wasn't injured, when he was on his game, he was he was he was yeah, you know, just as good as anyone else. You know, in terms of defenders in the Premier League, and you know, he was just you know, unfortunately with injuries, he never. Injuries. The flip side is, if he wasn't in, injured all the time, he wouldn't be playing for West Ham. I don't think. I think yeah. he'd be playing for higher, you know, team a better, um, you know more consistent, you know, in in the league than us necessarily. But uh, oh yeah, he was. He was brilliant, and he was um, obviously, you know, before you started sort of getting into West Ham. When he when we signed him, um, there was a big hoo ha because he was a World Cup win, he was a World Cup defender, and there, it, was, it was a New Zealand World Cup winner rather rather necessarily a you know a Spanish World Cup winner or a, or a French. You know, it was the New Zealand centre back. So, and he yeah. struggled that first year, uh, and obviously he went down that year, and then in the year in the championship really made him. A, a really good player and then he sort of uh you know obviously arsenal and, and liverpool i think were sniffing around from the time so you know you've got to be good if those two don't have any look at you so um right okay i'll put winnie in okay uh right back then who's gonna be right back then angus 
Well, it was between two for me. The first one was Kyle Jenkinson, obviously on loan from Arsenal. So perhaps his his um you know the fact he's a, a loan probably put him into into doubt first off. But now that we've got Vladimir Sufal as well, I think it's a no brainer. In terms of traditional right backs, again, they, those two are probably. Um, I can't remember another traditional right back that has been in our side consistently since that final year at the Bolin. Um, so to have someone like Vladimir Sufal now, who's just slotted into that team so perfectly and he's is Mr. Consistent, yeah. um, you know, is tremendous for us and has helped us enormously this season. Uh, you know, I was banging on about the consistency earlier in the side and the performances and the results. I think he's a massive part of that and, you know, has has something in attack as well, can whip in a ball um, and just a no-nonsense right back as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if, if you um, have a different say, but since that final year at Upton Park, I, I can't think of another right back really that we've had consistently. Not really consistently. I mean, I, I you know, obviously we had Sab, but I think with Sab, I think he was just too, he was just, bless him he was about three seasons too old for us now yeah and yeah. we joined um i mean but you know we had christ i remember we had you know we had a period where um where we'd have sort of retiring left backs um and they were like 37 so we had like Stuart pierce we had nigel winterburn chris powell um rufus brevet you know and these guys were literally at the end of their careers and they were we were doing a season 18 months or so playing at west ham and you could get away with it then yeah. uh, in terms of having an old fullback nowadays it's a young man's game being a fullback and i think i think pablo for being such a fantastic professional you know didn't really if you looked at his if you looked at his west west ham career it was you know toward it was the end it wasn't it wasn't in the same ilk as his man city career um but yeah i think with kufal or sorry sufal um He's just, we, he reminds me a lot of uh, an old right back we used to have called Tim Breaker. Um, in that he was, Tim Breaker was always a seven, yeah, always a seven out of 10. Every game that was, he came on the pitch and he plays us, he would always play at least a seven, sometimes up to an eight or a nine, but always a seven, very rarely, if ever, a six. And, and Kufal is the same. Tim used to bomb down the right wing at the right, you know, the overlap on the right winger all the time as well. Would come up for a goal as well occasionally, a bit like what Sufal's doing now. Um, I think he's gonna be one of those players where you look back, hopefully, in a, in a couple of years' time, thinking he was a, he was solid. He was a good right back for us, he, you know. And in the same way, I, I you know, I, I look at Tim Breaker now and didn't realise how how consistent he was and how sort of a strong player he was. Um, and I, I see a lot of parallels between how Kufal um, plays to, to Tim as well. So you know, I totally agree. I totally agree. In, um, in comparison with Zabra as well, he's got the turn of pace on him. Yeah. So I think he, he dealt with Zaha in the Palace game did, really yeah. well. Whereas I think Zaha, uh, sorry, whereas I think Zabba got caught out a tiny bit on that on that right side. You think about someone like Marcus Rashford who, who caught him out a couple of times. Mind you, one of his best games was in that that 3-1 Man United win at, at um, London Stadium where Yama got a goal, um, yeah. Antonio. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a great game. And Felipe, obviously, to which Zabba got the assist. But, yeah, again, just a tiny bit at risk of, of getting caught out. Amazing in, in the East City days, obviously, and would slot yeah. into that team right away if it was with West Ham. But ultimately, his memories are with Manchester City, 
Whereas yeah. Vladimir Sufal is, you know, has a future at West Ham and, you know, could be with us for, for God knows how many years because he's tremendous at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think we, you're right with Zaba. He's, it's He would have a good game, yeah, and then he would get... But now, you know, with wingers and... and I think it was it might be like the Liverpool game or something. There was a there was a game last season. That wasn't it was Watford. It was Watford and um Saar. It was Saar. The the he played left wing and he literally tore him a new one that year that day. Yeah. One that day. And it was really sad to see. It was sad to see, really, because he was such a good player. Um, get sort of absolutely do and obviously he can be a wily old pro. And that Man United game, he was a wily old pro and he what he knew he wasn't gonna beat Rashford for pace. So, you know, he puts his studs down the back of his legs and, and just has a handful of shell, you know, the old the old stuff. Um, but that's a bit old fashioned now, I think. Just that bit of old fashioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kufo, I, I agree. Um, he's he's gonna be a, he's a tremendous player, and for wherever it was, you know, a few million quid, absolute bargain. You know, when you look at like, you look at who, uh, you look at um, that bloke, um, Sebastian Haller. Um, he <laughs> he was like twenty million pounds. He's gone to Ajax for. We we got Sufal and Suchek in for that money, um, pretty much. So. There you go. It's how you spend yeah. your money. Right. Okay. So Suval is in. Uh, let's go into midfield. Well, from one check to another, oh, we've gone is. for um, Thomas Suchek in CDM. I've, I've got two CDMs in the team. But, yeah, got the got the check link, checkmates. Um, I think, uh, obviously, there's some some great CDMs over the years. You know, Nobes, obviously, is, is one that stands out for me as well in terms of, um, since that last season at, at the bowling. But if you think before that as well, um, some great ones. But, yeah, um, tremendous so far. Again, got him on a bargain. Got the link with Vitamir Sufal. So I think if you're treating the, my My Hammers 11 team as a as a team itself, it's got the chemistry there. It's got the bond. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, again, just like a perfect box-to-box midfielder. And someone that, as David Moyes said, needs to figure out a way to get into that box more because he's just so lethal. And came up clutch against Everton, um, scored the goal against United, has scored numerous goals for us this season. I think he's our, our, is he our highest scorer in the Premier League this season. Like I think. Yeah, I don't, I think that's don't surprise me. Bet. Yeah, um, and just someone that settled in really well. And again, Mister Consistent. You look at the consistent performances and results from us over the last year. A lot of that is down to those two. Um, and yeah, just a perfect box to box midfielder in my opinion for West Ham, and um, someone that we're in- incredibly fortunate to have in our team. As you think about who would make up that position, perhaps if we didn't have him, Nobes can get caught out for a, for a turn of pace, and obviously doesn't have um, that aerial threat that Tommy Suchek does. And you know, you're talking about FPL teams earlier with Crest, perfect one to have in your FPL team. Cheap yeah. gets the goals, a bit like Lundstrom last season. So true. It's it's one of those ones where it's like the best kept secret, you know. I, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, people would. I remember like non-West Ham fans on my Facebook. Oh, I'm doing this. Who do you reckon? And I was like, Suchek. And really? Went, yeah, Suchek. Because it's like you know, he's a midfielder and he, he'll he'll come forward and they go, oh yeah, he's quite cheap as well. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's quite cheap. But yeah, no, he's um. Yeah, I just think he's a fantastic player, isn't he? I mean, even I remember the first, obviously, he's been here for a year. I remember that first game he played, you know, within five, ten minutes, you thought, we've got a player. He, you know, there's certain players, you come on the pitch and 
just seems like he's played in that for us forever. He just slotted straight in. Him and Deck, the way they work together, you know, is I I honestly think they're they're possibly the two of the best pair, like midfield pairings as a two in the Premier League. You know, really realistically, you look in, you look at sort of the top teams. Yeah, you've got like, you know, you've, you've got people like Hoiberg at Tottenham, but who's he partnering up with? You know, as a, as yeah. a duo, they've got this great understanding. And it was a shame, obviously, when when Nobs plays it disrupts that uh, their understanding because it's almost like they're feeling that they've got to you know do a bit more covering whereas they have this sort of one go up one sort of hangs back and it's great to see as a two they just really complement each other um and no i think he's brilliant and just hopefully uh we, we keep hold of him you know and but again suchet's one of those players you know and again, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Hallett. You know, it's like, you know, we, we've we lost half our money on him. Um, we wouldn't lose half our money on Thomas Suchek, I tell you. You know, we could flip him for three times the value of what we paid for him at least now. Do you know what I mean? I think 50 million. Yeah, well, that is the thing with money in the Premier League. Obviously, you know, the teams with the most money seem to, to do the best. You know, yeah. there are outlier seasons. Obviously, there's... It'll it'll probably be one of those. Well, it will be one of those top six teams that ultimately wins the Premier League this season. Yeah. Probably at the moment between Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. But a lot has to be said for the way that the money is invested. I think with Seb, we were we weren't quite sure what we were getting. We're obviously getting a a player that delivered in the Bundesliga, but the Premier League is a different story. Mm. We're not playing him in the in the right system. But loads of people saying this is what we need to do. The fact is, there are two questions there. If we first is if we can play him in the right system, and the second thing is if that system actually works in the Premier League, yep. because you know Premier League defenders are well equipped with dealing with those aerial threats and and dealing with the tight spaces in the box, whereas the turn of pace is is the thing that can really hurt teams. You think about the best Premier League strikers over the last five six years: Vardy, Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on. The exception probably in there is is you know someone like a well even Danny Ings has a really good turn of pace on him. Um, and that's that's the reason why players like Olivier Giroud, who are arguably he's one of the best strikers in, in the world, can cut it for France and is is in that team, you know, in, in every major tournament over the last, you know, God knows how many years, but struggles in the Premier League because mm. the the you know, he doesn't have that turn of pace on him to to beat those defenders. Um, you know, if it all comes down to to trying to get past him. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, you can find the space in the box, but in a one-on-one situation, which is most of uh, most of the time, the way that it it ends up panning out, you think that's why Mickey's so good for us, and and Arnie, who um, you know did it quite well for us over mm-hmm. the, the course of a couple of seasons, is that turn of pace that yeah. that is crucial as a Premier League striker. So, um, you know, someone like Thomas Suchek, the CDM position is is founded in. You know, the hard work, the determination, the physicality, um, his height as an aerial threat. I think with him, you knew what you were going to get. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, he's delivered for us. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. I think he's, yeah, just, you know, and he can carry it. He's got another week to eat potato salad. So he's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's, it's so funny. His, his interviews are absolutely amazing. I, yeah. The one against uh, City when he got the, the goal that was, um, you know, there was a bit of handball contention in there. Oh, the uh, Antonio bicycle kick for yeah. which he got the assist. And then obviously after the, the Everton game, just uh, very fun to watch. He is. It's just like he's, he's, he seems to be, him and, and 
And that's why I like the two of them, because like the fact that Sufal feels impelled every game to have a picture with him and Thomas on the pitch, you know, like every game, you know, it's like, yeah, we get it. You both check. He's almost like some, I said it, someone said it, some message the other day that it was almost like he's won a competition. Um, Sufal, yeah. That's why he has to have a spend, picture. Spend a day with your, your favourite professional exactly, footballer. Yeah. yeah. Every game. And I love that. And I love the fact that they, they say they've got, they always have a smile on their face. Um, and they seem to be enjoying football. Um, you know, I mean, to be fair, some like Chucha, he was, you know, they were playing Champions League football, you know, and um, they're not playing at the moment, but they're playing at a higher league than, than obviously the Czech League. And, um, you know, we could have a whole, a whole bunch more of them maybe coming that, soon. So. That is the amazing thing the fact that we've actually got both in and they know each other. Um, yeah. their ins and outs and they play you know quite close to each other on the pitch as well so they can establish that connection in terms of passes and runs um and you know if you think about someone like in particular Sufal not having Tommy Suchek there could be it could be a different story so the fact that yeah. they've both got each other to rely on you've obviously got your your British part of the dressing room but to for those two to have each other is is crucial yeah. Um, and just you know, uh, uh, to be fair, uh, just a really good buy, both of them. Definitely, definitely right. Okay, Tommy Sue checks in. Who's next? Who's next? All right, we've got like a left-sided cam. So um, many people refer to it as a you know like a lamb position, a bit where like Ben Rama plays at the moment if he's not out wide. Um, so I've gone for for Dimi Payet. I think bit of a oh no, sorry, we're going no no no, we're going CDM. <laughs> Second CDM, my apologies. Completely passed me. All right, yeah. So second CDM is is Deck. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I didn't didn't really need to say his name because he just slots in there automatically for me. Yeah, he's um, just, he just put him on there. You don't even it's, check. It's one of those ones where you don't need to you don't need to say anything more than his name and and that's it. But in terms of um, you know, I, t- I touched on Dimmy, who we'll you know, talk about later. Those two are probably the on technical ability the the two greatest players that I've seen so far at West Ham. Um Deck is just, you know, not only on the pitch but off the pitch, his leadership, um, the way he goes about his stuff, um, mm. his confidence, just his his technical ability, the fact that he got rejected by Chelsea and has had to to do the hard work essentially yes. to get back into that Premier League system. And then to go and strive like he's done over the last five years consistently as well is absolutely massive for us. And the longer we keep him at, at West Ham, obviously a no-brainer, the better. And, you know, someone that, you know, if, if Chelsea kind of turn their head somewhere else could be, a you know, a future captain for us for, for many, many years, obviously captain now. Um, and, you know, someone that has had nobs who misses out in my team but is very close to rely on. You know, yeah. I think Nobs has been a, a tremendous influence on him and you see a lot of Nobs's both leadership and um, play style in index game. Yeah. But just someone that you think you could almost play him anywhere on the pitch and you know you're going to get a good performance from him, yeah. has that, that turn of pace to beat players for fun and when he is on a run, he can just go for a really, really long run. You think about the, the Sheffield United game where... Yeah, yeah. We, we got the Snods goal that was disallowed, which I only watched back yesterday almost in tears because I remember watching that game at 4am and absolutely going wild when we scored the equaliser and seeing the, <laughs> the away and the limbs to have that, that ruled out for a goal like that was um, 
tremendously heartbreaking. But he just went for it. Deck just thought, stuff this, I'm going. And yeah. more times than not, he'll he'll beat a player and he'll beat, you know, he won't just beat one, he'll beat two or three. And, you know, got a good strike on him as well, the Watford goal. Um, I think the thing about the Watford goal as well, which which stands out for me, is the fact that he ran over and showed his support to David Moyes. Definitely. And, you know, almost a sign of things to come in, in that sense because, um, you know, Moyes has had a, a really good start to this season at, at West Ham and you can see the players playing for the manager as well. You can yeah. see the way that he, he um, gathered around the team after the, the win at Everton and said that was massive and, um, you know, gave everyone hugs. And even Deck was saying that is absolutely massive. So those two together seem like yeah. like quite a good pairing and, and, you know, David Moyes knows what Deck can do and, and similarly Deck seems to show his support for David Moyes. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Perfect. But but Deck, for me, if you're talking world-class CDMs, oh. he could slot into any team, yeah. uh, especially, you know, especially talking Premier League. Yeah. He's just, you know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. He's one of the standout performers every single week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, you go to Chelsea and you... You, know, you pray he has a good game, but at the same time you're thinking, don't don't be scrolling worldies, all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Not true. sure how that. I mean, it's out. incredible when you think. Um, I was listening to one of his. He was doing an interview for Sky Sports the other day, talking about his 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 sort of journey. Um, and you know, at 14, obviously Chelsea got rid of him, and he was like, he was living in digs at West Ham. You know, Monday to Friday, fourteen-year-old living on his Todd, basically, um, about his mum and dad. They'd come for the weekends, and his mum would be crying, and he'll be crying, and you know all this stuff. It just shows you, you know, how much he wanted to be a footballer, and he seems to be like loving every aspect of it at the moment. He's loving being captain. He's loving being interviewed and doing like all the podcasts and you know Sky Sports and and. Every game, he just seems to go up another level as a player, and I just think we've we've literally just scratched the surface with this boy. Um, you know, he's only going to get better, only going to get better. Um, he's got an incredible engine on him, um, and what I love about him is is he's not like he's not a model footballer. You know, he's not like a you know you see some of these guys now, and and the, the, you know if you look at when he's walking around the pitch. He slumps when he walks around the pitch, like he's a twenty-year-old bloke, you know, just walking down the. He just like does this like, and then as soon as he gets the ball, he's like footballer, you know. It, it, it's really yeah. funny. Someone points it out to me, and I have to. I literally watch him like at the games now. I literally do deck watch, and I watch deck. Oh, you know, he's like a little teenager sometimes. Um, yeah, I love just his enthusiasm for the game. It's just infectious. He, yeah, he plays it like a like a young teenager in the yeah. sense that you can see the passion and the. Um, you know, when someone else gives the ball away, for instance, he's he's having a go. Well, he's not having a go. That's the thing with Deck. He, he doesn't have a go, but he's you know you can see that passion. And I know someone that works in a um in a media capacity in um uh, football journalism in, in the UK and said hands down, Deck is is one of the best players to work with off the pitch yeah. as well. And I think that goes for a lot these days. Yeah. Um, to be fair, he's, he's one of his best friends, Mason Mount. He's also similar. Um, but some of the stories from from other professional footballers um, across the league are just interesting to, to hear in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know some it, it goes a long way to be um, you know as professional off the pitch as you are on it and Deck is just the ultimate professional. Yeah, and and also it's like you, you know he when he, when he has an interview he, he like the interviews are basically 
uh, a sort of symbolization of what we are as fans you know when he when he's when we've won he's buzzing you know like we are we're really happy when we beat everton one nil you know when we lose we're gutting he looks gutting he'll say i'm gut you know he's and and yeah and there's so it's, it's some sort of really naive honesty there which i i hope he never gets media trained out of him because it's it just makes it so much excite so much relatable for a fan to a footballer and at a time where I don't think footballers are particularly relative to fans. You know, it's not like uh, there's not that connection that they used to be, um, particularly sort of, you know, from in my like fan career, the early 90s, late 90s, that connection between the fans and the players. You know, we it's a bit like the, it's going back to the old school with Deck. There's that connection between him. You know, even like on Instagram, he takes pictures of how, how shitty he is at darts and, you know, stuff like that. I, I love that. I love that because it just shows that like he's a normal bloke. You know, he's not living in some. I don't know. He probably is living in a lovely apartment, but he doesn't show it. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's showing yeah. the dartboard and he's going to Nando's and things like that, which we would all do as we of his age and, you know, had his money and stuff. But um, no, I love him. He's a great, great guy as well. Um, you, uh, very quickly, you touched on quite an important point there, I think, with um, in relation to seeing his, his um, passion when we lose and his, his um, frustration. Yeah. I think if you think about the first couple of seasons at, at um the the olympic stadium or the london stadium however however you want to call it um you know there you think about players in there that really did show the passion with the exception of nobs who wasn't in that team consistently mm. that you there were some defeats that we'd have where you just think you know how is this going to change whereas with deck in the team you see the passion and you know that that there are just some things that won't go down well in that dressing room um yes. which is perfect again as a fan you know he, he, he lives through those games and those losses like he is a fan, and that's perfect for us. Definitely, definitely. And and also, you know, the, the fact is, I think everyone forgets the fact that he's only 20, whatever, he's 21, 22, something like that, and he's played so many games for us already. And, you know, he's, he's in essence our, our, our captain. Um, and it's incredible when you think, <laughs> you know, 20-odd year old, boy he's a boy really you know he's captain of our football club and um but there's there's no there's no hesitation that he's our captain do you know what i mean it's not like all it's straight away yeah it's one of those things where knows obviously has been the squad captain for so many years now but it almost feels weird when he comes on as a substitute and deck hands the armband over now i'm not saying in any any sense that that no shouldn't be the squad captain because he should be but um, yeah, it's just you know, Deck is so settled as a, as a captain now that when you do see someone like Nobes come on, who has had that armband for so many years, it, it, there is a, a slight sense of I don't know. There's a there's an element of it which, which is like you know, this is Deck is you know is that guy yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. is there week in week out, and it feels weird to hand the armband over. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, and there, there's there's a divide on Twitter, isn't there? Really between people who think. He shouldn't do it and people think he should do it. I'm in the he should do it because it is no, he shouldn't have to do it, but he does it. It's his choice. He has it hasn't been yeah. dictated that we we don't think it's been that you know, Mark's the captain, he does it out of respect. And I think that is shows so much more character as a man than if he just carried on. You know, it's almost yeah. like if he carried on a, a skip when Mark came on, it's like, well, you know. And also, you know, there's, there's, I mean, essentially in the ranks and stuff like that. Yeah. It shows what we're saying about the team spirit as well. You know, no, you're the club captain. You're, although it's only five minutes, 
you're in charge, boss. You know, I'm, you know, I'm keeping it warm for you type thing. And I think that shows yeah. just more, just, you know, what, what a good, honest man he is uh, as a player, you know, and as, as, and as a, and as a, as a team man as well as squad player as well. Um, right. Okay. Let's put Declan Rice in. Let me write that down. Okay. Who is next? All right. Yeah. Left-sided attacking mid, Demi Payne. Who's going to be? <laughs> yeah. Finally going on to him. Um, yeah. Just, uh, Again, one of those players where you don't need to to say a lot. I don't think those some of those memories from that first season in particular. Obviously, you think about the the Middlesbrough goal um, at the London Stadium, some, something like that. You know, great goal and um, you know just skipped past players for fun and you know one of those the goals of the season. But there was something really special about watching him play at Upton Park. Um, yeah, just I think someone that could turn it on against whoever and. Um, played with tremendous confidence, and I'll never forget the goal against Crystal Palace, um, where um, you know the, the free kick goal, where he just, no matter what defenders seemed to do, when he was on form, he was on form, um, and yeah, that that was one of the, he was one of the best players in the world that year, hundred yeah, percent, no doubt. Yeah. If he, I'd put him in the top five, perhaps. Um, you know, so for someone from West Ham to to slot in there is is incredible, incredibly special, um, and Definitely. obviously someone that didn't didn't leave perhaps in the in the best circumstances. So um, you know, he'll have to live with that, I guess, when he thinks back on his memories at West Ham. And the sad thing is, as well for him, you know, if he, if he stayed in the Premier League, and obviously it was for family reasons and and whatnot, so you can't complain. I don't think at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. and my memories of, of Dimmy won't, you know. In, in 10 years or whatever won't really be tainted by by his move albeit it was frustrating to watch and the, the way he did it but um the memories themselves you know he, he could have been if he'd stayed in the premier league could have been one of those those premier league icons across the decade because oh, yeah, yeah he, he just turned it on um whenever he wanted to it seemed without a doubt without a doubt and as you said it was it was almost like it was an honor to have him play for us someone that good 100%. You know, and 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 unfortunately well for the maybe in my life probably i don't think we'll ever see a ballon d'or nominee ever to play for west ham maybe who knows but um it was a pleasure and if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have had that last season at the out yeah. park um and as you said the way he left yeah but i think nowadays you know it's the modern footballer that's the way they happen yeah. you know, it's like christ you know you watch it was on Sky Sports the other day with the pa- Panathinaikos. It was the Royal Antwerp bloke, the forward who wants oh, to go yeah. Panathinaikos. Rocked up in that other shirt. Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah. Like, Dimmy didn't turn up in a Tottenham shirt at, at Chad Reef and wanted to leave, did he? No, it's like, you know, he wanted to go back and... Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's the modern footballer, how, how they how they sort of... They, they look at it. It's not a serious... It's a career rather than a passion, really. And I think it's a, it's a frustration with people. Um, but and also those mercurial players. I mean, you know, Payet, Arnautovic. Even before that, I mean, we only got Di Canio because he pushed over a referee. And you know, these sort of these sort of genius enigma players always have another side of them. Ravel Morrison, yeah. you know, there's loads of them who've got this other side, and he had another side as well. I mean, you know, he left for Marseille in the same way that he left West Ham and Marseille welcomed him back with open arms. Um, yeah. You know, that's how much they meant, he meant to them as well. And uh, 
you know, although he was like, oh, he's a snake and stuff, I, I guarantee at the end of that season, say he to come back, we'd have probably let him come back because he was that good. Yeah. You know, certain players that you sort of, you know, go, okay, fair enough. And I mean, Dimming, for example, yeah. you know, he's, despite the fact he was only around for 18 months, he's in something like 40% of of people's hammers 11s, um, which is mental. I think he's the top midfielder, you know, and that's yeah. it. Taking out people like Mark Noble and Billy Bonds and, and people like that is mental. But, uh, yes, he's, he made such an impact and just such a... Some of the, yeah, uh, some, of the, some of the things he did with the ball yeah. um, at his feet were just unbelievable. Some of the, the goals that he scored... Again, the Middlesbrough goal, the Palace goal, um, the United goal in the FA Cup at Old Trafford, where he, you know, scored a, a thirty-yard free kick, um, you know, tipped tipped the post and in past David De Gea, um, and that that could have been the, the start of a you know a really good finish to the FA Cup for us because, um, you know, had we held on there, it could be a completely different story. Obviously, we we went to the replay, um, but. Just yeah, some of the the individual memories are unbelievable from from that season, and um, you know the first couplet or the first season at um, the London Stadium. Yeah, just you know, I think everyone um, could go on about him for ages because he just was he was world class. He was. He's a phenomenal player, a phenomenal player, and we were, we were fortunate to have him in his prime. You know, it was a proper. You know, if he was. If he had a FIFA card, it would be you know he would be a prime you know player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was like in his pomp, and that never happens at West Ham very often. Okay, yeah. Dimmy's in. Who's next, man? Who's next? All right, right sided attacking mid, probably a bit a tiny bit out of position. We've gone for for Manu. Just the yeah. link with with um Dimmy as well is is quite crucial in this choice pick. I mean, again, individual moments. The the goal against Spurs this season. Yeah, I, we don't really need to, to touch on it apart from what a goal and I was screaming at 3 a.m. in the morning. So <laughs> that, that goes to show how good it was. I think that that game is was absolutely massive. The The scenes when that goal went in was was tremendous. The funny thing is probably if he misses that, if he sprays that, that wide with the, the final kick of the game, the, the story about Manu could be completely different. Definitely. You know, he's... Yeah, after his injury, he, he struggled quite a bit, but he's really seemed to to come to grips with with what he can do on a football pitch again over the last couple of months. Obviously, when you do get an injury like that, the the fear is that you know you're going to re-aggravate it if you try and go past too many people, or um, yeah, and you do become a target at the end of the day as well for for opposition defenders. But he's slowly starting to. Um, become somewhat of the player that he was at the the final season at the bowling. Again, the way that we got him as well. If you talk about bargains and you think about Dimmy, you think about Tommy Suchek, Sufal, to get him on loan like that and for him to tear it up with with Dimmy in that first season. Some of the goals he scored were yeah. were amazing as well. And you know, someone that probably won't get the credit that he deserves um, on, on the to speak about the final year at the bowling purely because Dimi was in that team and was one of the, the best players in the world at that time. But Manu as well was incredibly tremendous for us um, and just someone that, you know, has scored some really nice goals for us over the, the last couple of years and, you know, was our starting 10 for, for a while in there and um, got the Argentina call up um, to the World Cup squad and obviously was unlucky to miss out through injury. Again, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone that again plays with with freedom, um, knows where what he can do with the ball, and um, knows where other players are, and yeah, has that that turn of quality where for ten seconds he can change a game. 
Mm, yeah, and as you said, he's, there seems, he's, again, a guy who's unfortunately got injured, you know, and I thought, again, you know, if he was if he was not injured, never injured, he'd probably be playing for us as well. It'd be a, a similar thing, you know, he might be at Liverpool or somewhere like that. But he, he's, he seems to be getting a bit more back into his old self a little bit, or yeah. as you said, or reassessing what he can do physically with you know he's comfortable with doing because obviously he doesn't get injured again and i think there's once someone gets injured they tend to sort of favor a certain style of football which which suits their injury and i think um he i mean he, last couple of games where he's come on he's he's looked really really sharp and uh yeah he, he he's a, he, you know he was a good player he still is a good player you can see there's still a player I, there and, yeah i mean i think for him if you think about the the best starting 11 that we could put out at the moment. For me, he slots in there. You've got the yeah. two CDMs of, of Deck and Suchek, and then you've got him central, Ben Rama on the left, Bowen on the right, Antonio up top. Now you think about those four, um, just players that can do a lot and offer a lot for us in attack. And, um, you know, with the defensive cover, that helps a lot. And I think that's why we're starting to see, um, you know, the, the revival of, of Manu at least a, a tiny bit over the, the course of the start of the season because he's got that defensive cover and he's got those those um, ball-playing midfielders that can just pass it to him and, and, you know, he can he can work his magic. You know, if you think about Tommy Suchek pushing up a tiny bit and Deck, um, you know, they can just find passes. And, yeah. and when you find Manu in, in space and Manu decides that he wants to turn it on, he can really turn it on and, and that's crucial for us. Definitely, definitely. Um, right, let's put Manu in. Let's write it down so don't forget. Okie dokie. Who is next then? Right. We've gone for a front two. Now, this pick, I d- quick disclaimer, I wouldn't have him back at the club. Okay, so I think I think we know who we're going for <laughs> okay, now. Okay, let me just find Jonathan Caleri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've gone for, for Marco or Muggo or however you want to call him, but Arnie's in there for me. Yeah. Um just you know someone that if you think about it probably it might not be in that team if if we didn't have the problems that we had with Seb um but you know when you watch Seb play and, and to be fair I will say Seb's a world-class player and I hope he tears it up at Ajax because he's really struggled and a lot of that hasn't hasn't through hasn't been through his own fault um but yeah just Arnie was someone that could really intimidate defenses had the turn of pace and um, his presence was really felt probably more than someone like Sebastian Haller, even though uh, physically he isn't isn't the guy that that Seb is. Um, but just yeah, someone that that really irritated opposition yeah. defenders and opposition fans. And you know, the ironic thing is the way that he came to West Ham is is the way that he ultimately left. Yeah. Um, the, the goal against Stoke that he scored, he had like ten chances in that first half, and finally he put one away and. Um, you know, celebrated like you would expect someone like Marco, unfortunately, almost to celebrate. But that the, the ultimately the reason that he was so good off on the pitch is because his personality off it um, yeah. is just the exact same. It's just yeah, someone that... He's a bastard. Exactly, yeah. And that does, unfortunately, go a long way in, in um, Premier League attacks. Yeah. It's true. So, he's, he's a bastard, and he's he's, he's your bastard. He, he's all good when he's your bastard, but when he's playing for another team, he's there. You know, you hate him because he's and and he played off that. 
and he yeah, plays exactly. that, and, and we loved and and, and this doesn't matter what you know what, what how he left or whatever when he was playing for us we loved the fact that he was our bastard because he would he did the way he intimidated he, you're right he intimidated defenders that goal when he um oh was it the was it the burnley goal when he turned it was the burnley goal yeah the burnley goal his face or whatever wherever it was yeah um after you know we loved that that's the thing felt, yeah we loved that and so yeah he made his presence felt and yeah. yeah if you if you had a mistake in you as a as a center back he wasn't going to live it down no. um and he certainly made the most of of some of his chances you think about the the one nil against chelsea i think that that might have been his first goal for the club um you know just yeah great great finish on him turn of pace as i said which is crucial um as a number 9 and yeah someone that unfortunately um, probably won't go down in, in the good books for, for West Ham fans. Definitely not my good books. And, and to be fair, I think majority of West Ham fans won't, won't see him in a good light. But for what he did at the club in terms of his, um, you know, attacking prowess when he was with us, he mm. does slot into this team. I think, I think it's, it's a shame because I think, you know, with, with Marco, I think another, another season, another 18 months, and he'd be up there with, my, with a lot of modern day in terms of modern day hammers greats because he, he really was i think he had all the composite pit you know he'd it's he, he, he was a bit it was a he threw his prams out the toys out the pram bit like like the canyo would do he was he was nasty he was quick he was strong he would you know if there was a one-on-one he ain't gonna trip over his own feet like exactly. how didn't score that would have been a goal against man united and you know a lot you see a lot you know in he he's the ideal person for the David Moyes formation, and that's the thing. He is the ideal person, you know, because Antonio, bless him, I don't think he's he's more. I always see Antonio as, as a as a right sided forward rather than a, a man up on his own, and and Arnie could play that man up on his own. It doesn't matter, you know. Obviously not now. We, we want him. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't think he's coming back, but who knows? Football's a funny old game. Um, yeah. And but. Uh, yeah, the way he left, um, you, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Him as the player, he 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 comes as a package. You know, he comes with his with his brother. He comes with his um, personality, and you know, as you said, you know, the personality off the pitch is the same as the personality on the pitch. So yeah, you know, there's there's some players who are psychos on the pitch and the most quiet, gentle people off the pitch. You know, like yeah, Hicks and Billy Bonds and people like that. But he was the he was in the antithesis of what he was often on the pitch. There was no difference with Marco. And, um, you know, you can't have one without the other. So, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. But, yeah, he's, I mean, he was he was crucial for, for that sort of first Moyes stint, really. Um, exactly, yeah. And the, the fact that Moyes, you know, Moyes did so well to convert him from a, a left-sided almost midfielder yeah. or a left-winger at least to, to a number nine that, again, could just do it up top on his own. Yeah. Um and I think I think Tom Edwards might have touched on it recently. He said that again, ultimately it was you could view it for family reasons. You know, he's left for big money and he's got a family to take care of. And I, I touched on Dimmy and, and the fact that um, you know, perhaps in ten years' time I the the memories of Dimmy at West Ham and his, his individual moments of brilliance won't necessarily be overshadowed by his move. Mm-hmm. But for Marco there just seems to be something different. I think ultimately we knew what we were getting um and again he's just got that bastard attitude about him on the pitch off the pitch his brother 
um, the less said about him, the better. And I think that is probably, if it comes down to anything and, and the, the reason that he won't be remembered as a, um, a great West Ham player um, by some West Ham fans, it, it, it is ultimately because of the um, the way that his, his brother acted and that Marco seemed to follow that. Um, but the, the video as well, after either before or after the FA Cup defeat, um, you know, on the same day, I think yeah, that yeah. Is, again, when the, you know, we're going through a really tough period, and and to come out with something like that, you just one of those moments where you shake your head and think, what the hell is going on at this football club? Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? It was, it was, I, you know, I, to me, it was like a classic. They'd assumed we were probably going to win that game. And it would have been the icing on the cake. You know, if we'd won, if we beat Wimbledon that day, I think it was Wimbledon we lost to. If we'd won that game or if we lost to. Um, and then there was this, oh, I'm staying. You know, it would have been brilliant. But it's one of those things where I've done it before, where you schedule your, your YouTube videos up. And like we've got, uh, this will come out after. So we've got Freddie Picky on coming on. He'd have come up, he'd have come on a couple of days before your one comes up. And in that, we spoke about Sebastian Haller being a West Ham player. And so, you know, that, and we actually said, you know, he's probably going to be gone by the time we've answered, we've done this, and he is gone. And so, you sure know, yeah. that, Seb, um, makes makes no sense now, but it is just the way it happens, unfortunately. But, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's a colourful character, and the thing is, he suits West Ham because he is, he is a colourful character, and, and we like those bastard players. So, you know. I, I I still you know I I I still rate him because I think he did he did a good job for us. Um, yeah, yeah, the way he left, but as you said, the way Dimmy left and stuff is those is those players, mate. So they're all the same. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Arnie's in. We have got one more. Who are we gonna have, man? We do. So I think the front four we've gone for. I've gone for Payet, Lanzini as the cams, Marco as the left sided striker, and uh, Mikel Antonio as the right sided striker. Yeah. Now, Mickey, not only a tremendous footballer and tremendous striker like Marco was, but a, a, um, a tremendous human being as well, it seems. Someone that, again, like Deck, has had to work particularly hard, probably harder than Deck coming from, from non league yeah. um, to, to become the player he is today. Saved us last season, tremendous run of form. Um, you know, has played everywhere for us, it seems, you know, right back, right mid, but he settled in so well as a striker. And again, very, very similar play style to Marco. Just got the strength on him, got the turn of pace on him and, and can bully defenders at the end of the day if he, if he chooses to. Um, so, yeah, someone that will be remembered very, very fondly by, by West Ham fans, I'm sure. And he'll probably end up finishing his career at West Ham and, you know yep. what a player, what a tremendous servant for this football club. I think to to do, especially what he did last season, where you know we could be looking at a completely different story if he hadn't turned on and and provided the run of form that he did. Um, so yeah, just someone that we desperately need as well at the moment. I think you know when when Seb came off um, in the Everton game and I, and and um, Mikel came on, you know he he seems to provide a energy for the whole team yeah so he's someone that that really dictates the way that we play and yeah crucial this season brilliant at upton park the final year obviously the goal in the united game um was was one that again will be remembered by quite a lot of people but some of the other stuff that he did that season and just yeah just you know again one of the one of the players that has seen a revival perhaps um you know under david moyes you think about who we touched on cress 
and Ogbonna and now um, Mickey and Manu as well, hopefully. So, you know, four players there that, that uh, spent time and, at, and at the bowling. And Arley. And Arley. Don't forget Arley. Exactly. Yeah, but in terms of players that are still playing for West Ham yeah. and, and, you know, played at Upton Park and they've all kind of had, you know, a bit of um, bit of a rough patch and are, are now starting to turn it on, which I think is amazing for West Ham and, yeah, beautiful player. Really true. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with what you said because he's, cause he's gone through the, the hard yard, so to speak, in terms of being, you know, non-league all the way up. Um, he, he seems to really cherish that. And again, a, a guy who's just been blated by injury and obviously we know he's a good player. We know he's got that sort of just devastating strength, but it was always, he'd do it on three or four games in a row, wouldn't he? Then he'd be out for a couple of games and three or four games. And, and it, you know, when he finally had a decent run without any injuries um, after restart last year, we saw what we've all known to be there. We know there's a strong guy. I mean, there's not many defenders who can keep up with him in terms of strength um, and in terms of pace as well. Uh, as you said, that Everton game, he came on and the the, the the team dynamic completely changed. It was a lot more zippier. It was a lot more playing, you know, out to the wings and, and, and running behind. And that's what I think we do best at West Ham at the moment in terms of how we play our teams uh, yeah. and how we set them up. So, yeah, and... You know the way he's going. You know he's uh, he signed a new contract, didn't he? I mean, he's I think he's uh, third or fourth of our all-time Premier League goal scorers, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he could well uh, take over. Yeah, he's fourth at the moment, so he's got Colton and, and Mark Noble and Paolo. He could well yeah. be our top top scorer, Premier League goal scorer. Yeah. Oh, which is mental when you think of it, but uh, well, yeah. when he when he signed the contract as well recently, his ambitions he made it very clear that he he wants to go on and um, you know have a, a brilliant run of form and score as many goals as he can. I can't remember exactly what his his goal was, um, but you know he wants to be pushing and he he wants to be bagging them and he wants to be causing trouble for for defenses and. You know, just because he's got the the money now and the contract, he he made it very clear that by no means does that mean that he's going to settle down. He, he's going to try and cause more havoc, and that is what you want as a West Ham fan. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, perfect player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's a really nice bloke as well, um, which is which is just as important nowadays. Um, but yeah, nice, no, brilliant, and that's it. That's it, Angus. That's the eleven, man. Perfect. Almost, almost. He says almost. Dennis levels of length of episode. I'm looking at the timer right now, and I'm thinking, "Oh, we can't stretch another 13 minutes out." But no, 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 no. No, Angus needs some breakfast. But anyway, um, it's been lovely, mate. Thank you so much. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, really appreciate it, mate. Um, and and good luck with all the YouTube. I mean, spoken about all the YouTube stuff. You're starting again. You're starting now, which is good, man. Which Thank is all you. Good yes. stuff. Yeah. Keeps you yeah, busy. Start, starting the channel under my own name, and just gonna try and be putting out content as regularly as I can. Um, you know, the West Ham way for me is the the thing that I love doing the most, though. Yeah. Again, I touched on on the individuals um, in that growth and, and how great it is to have those conversations and um, absolutely love that. But I'll, I'll look to to try and produce a bit of, bit of Premier League content and see what yeah. I can do. So, yeah. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Anyway, um, and thank you, everyone, for watching or, or listening awesome. or whatever you do. Um, give it a like, give it a share, and go to Angus's channel and have a, show Angus some love as well. Um, and for myself and for Angus, take care, everyone. Stay safe, 
Uh, wash those hands, uh, come in your irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.